Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. It's good to see you guys here. And it's good to see Michael Turner and Denise here back from Haiti last week. It's kind of exciting. Last week at this time, I think Corinne heard that you made it to Port-au-Prince and we were all excited. Yay. So we are praying for you. Not that that's the only reason you made it, and you have to thank everyone here. But everyone, I encourage you to talk to Michael and Denise and get a little bit of information on how the trip went. I'd love, I'll talk to you guys later about maybe sharing with us some of the things that happened, because we'd like to know. Uh, But anyway, welcome back. It's good to have you guys here with us. We are continuing our series, Surprise the World. Remember, we are going through an acronym. The acronym is BELLS, and each of the letters stands for something that we are going to do. We are trying to change the way we live. We are trying to develop habits that help us to lean into the world around us. Right? We, we all develop habits, whether it's a cup of coffee in the morning, whether it's which shoe you put on first in the morning. I don't even think about it. I just do it. It's something that starts to become a part of your life regardless. Well, what if we developed some habits that helped us to be more missional, helped us to really take our faith out into the world around us? And so we talked last or the beginning of this. The first one was B, bless three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of your church. Now, last week we heard some great stories of how people have been putting this to practice. What we don't want to happen is for that momentum to stop, right? Next week, we're going to kind of continue and talk about what it takes to develop a habit. Some habits are easy to develop, like drinking a cup of water after a meal. That's an easy one. Running after a meal, that's a harder one, right? It's like, I can drink the water, but you want me to get up and run? Okay, that's going to take a long time to develop into a habit. They say probably 80 days before a habit like that starts to take effect. Drinking a water, that can be done in like two weeks, right? Because that's an easy one. So it's taking a while to develop some of these habits. Blessing three people this week. Does anyone have a story of how... They were able to bless someone this week. Don't go silent on me. Last week you were all in. Okay, Sandra. Okay. You didn't get an F. You leaned into something and you learned something, right? You started blessing and now there's more blessing available. 
You see, that's what happens. If you never opened that door, you wouldn't even have thought, why didn't I do that? You did a little, and then the Lord revealed to you that there's more to do. And so you didn't get an F. You leaned into it, and it's a growing experience. And thank you for sharing that, because you were vulnerable and shared that with us. You're a rock star. Yes, your, your mother has one. Oh, thank you. Don't you love it when people volunteer you? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Started a conversation. Again, remember what this is doing. By blessing other people, you are doing what Jesus did. Right? This is how Jesus interacted and the things that he did. And so by doing this, we are actually mirroring what Christ does, and then we get to reflect that more clearly by the things that we do. Let's go on to the next one. Eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of your church. Anyone have any great meals this week? Colleen? Cool. Great things happen over food. I'm telling you, man, if you have a table and you're going to have some good food, it's going to be a good day, right? Just that's what happens. I know we ate with my in-laws down in San Diego at Phil's Barbecue. It was a good time. It was very good. Any other meals shared with someone this week? You can vote your dad now to you. <laughs> you know I'm going to call on you next. <laughs> Keep inviting the family. Go, okay, buddy, what about you? Well, let's move on to the next one. Spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. Remember, we talked about a time of devotion where we quiet ourselves, not so that we could ask God for things, but so that we could hear from God. Has anyone this week spent that time and felt that they were ministered to by God, maybe given direction in a situation that you're facing, maybe a little insight into a relational aspect of something that's going on? This is a little bit more personal. Anybody? Yes, Jeanette. And then you're next, buddy. I'm not letting you off the hook. That's sweet. Gloria is, what, four going on 18? Yeah, just, okay, buddy. <laughs> That's great. That's great. When you still yourself and allow time, you allow God's voice room, you know. So keep doing that. And we'll be praying for her, too, that she gets past that and you get some wisdom and direction. Glad you guys are okay. Um, last week, we talked about spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. Remember, this is about going through the Gospels, uh, going through books about Jesus, learning Christ from some source. Anyone spend some time reading the Gospels? Okay, okay. you guys can raise your hand. I know it's like, well, I don't want to brag, but yeah, I read all four yesterday. You know... <laughs> If you shared, did you get anything as you read the gospel as you went through that? Anything stand out to you about Christ? Remember, the reason we learn Christ is because Christ is our example. Christ was missional in his life. All these things are about developing habits that move us to act like Christ. And if we're going to act like Christ, we need to learn Christ. Right? Christ did spend time listening to the Spirit, so we need to spend time listening to our Father's voice and how he would lead us. Christ ate 
with people regularly. He blessed people consistently, continually. These are practices that help us to be like Christ. And this morning, we're going to pick the fifth one, and it is sent. It is journal throughout the week all the ways you alerted others to the universal reign of God through Christ. I know that's a mouthful and we're going to unpack it, but let's pause and let's pray. God, as we spend this time, this morning, to learn how we can better be like you, I pray that our hearts be open. I pray that we would be receptive to all the things that you would speak into our lives. And God, we want to be changed. We want to grow and become more than we are. And Lord, for that to take place, we know that there has to be a change in practice. We have to do things differently. We have to live a little bit differently. And that little difference can grow into a lot. And we pray that you would help that to start even here this morning as we talk about being sent and what that looks like. When I say the word sent in this Christian context, what comes to mind? Any thoughts, a word come to mind? Missionary. Okay. Evangelism, right? Sent. I mean, the idea of missio in the Latin is one who is sent. And so that idea of being sent is something that maybe is common. I grew up in church thinking, you know, evangelism was me telling someone about Jesus. And I learned different things. I learned the Roman road. I learned the four spiritual laws. I learned how to draw a cross on a napkin to make it a bridge. I I learned all these things, right, that we're supposed to be engaging with this. But really, it is more than just a a one-time conversation. It is about a life lived that points the way. And that's what's important that we understand. Have you ever gone to the movies? I know you have, but I like to go ahead of time to watch the previews, right? I like to. My parents, mom, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell on this. I didn't get your permission. We used to go to the movie at about a half hour late, and she would say, it's okay, we'll stay and watch the first half hour again. It's like, why do I need to do that? I know how it ended now, right? And, and so, I don't know, some trauma or something in my life, now I have to go early so I can watch the previews. But you know, whenever you're watching the previews, if the preview has done its job, you will look and someone will say, I want to see that. Right, And of course, they put all the good things in that preview. In fact, everything that you want to see in that movie is probably in that preview, at least some movies, right? But if it did its job, you're thinking, oh, I'd like to see that. You see, our lives are to be previews. People should look at our lives and say, I want a life that looks like that. And no one's going to want a life that looks like ours if we're not blessing people, if we're not spending time to eat with people and enjoy their company, if we are not listening for the Spirit's voice to lead us and guide us in the ways we should go, in the conversations that we should have, if we are not learning Christ so that we can be like Christ, then we're not going to be the preview that people want to see. And that's what our lives are supposed to be. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, 
Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. What does the reign of God look like? How does it take place? If we are to be the light of this world, how does that translate into our actions? You see, what we're trying to do here is alert people to the universal reign of God. The reign of God is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that look like? It looks like how Jesus lived. And we are to be that light to the world to imitate Christ so that people see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. And so we are going to be talking this morning about how we can bring about this revelation of the kingdom of God. And so what I'd like to do at this time is we have tables set up. If you guys can go to the tables, we're going to continue our conversation. On each of these tables, there is a journal. That journal is yours. Again, go with someone you know, but then don't go with just all people you know. Find someone you like. (laughs) Everyone sit at a tail, find somebody. So let's look at some ways that we can alert others through the week to the universal reign of God through Christ. And I love the way that's written out, right? Because how does that universal reign show up? And one of the ways it shows up is through reconciliation, The word reconcile is to bring back together. When people are reconciled, they were separated, they've been brought back together, right? Do you think reconciliation is necessary in our country? I would think so, right? We live in a divided country. We we live in a country that's politically divided. We live in a country that's racially divided. We live in a country that's social economically divided. We have so many divisions. How do we, as light to this world, bring together people 2 Corinthians 5.19, Paul writes, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. This is what God has done. God has reconciled us to himself. He's reconciling the whole world through Christ to himself not holding their sins against them. Maybe that's a place we can start in reconciliation, is not holding someone's sin against them, not holding what you disagree with against them, not holding the difference against them. Bring back together someone means you have to bring a place where peace can enter into that relationship again. And it's important that we allow that to happen. It's not surprising that if this is what God has done, then this is what we are to do also. 
You see, it's very easy to tell someone about Jesus. It's very difficult to reconcile with someone. But the best way to tell someone about Jesus is to reconcile with someone and show them the love of God. That will go much further than just giving someone a scripture or a verse. So in your table, I want you guys to think and ask, what are areas that need reconciliation, bringing together at this time in your life? You can be as open or as closed as you want. I don't want anyone to feel on the spot, but as the conversation goes at your table with one another, we're going to take a few minutes. When I said the idea of reconciliation and bringing together, maybe something came to mind. Maybe a situation at work, situation with family, maybe some interaction that you are engaged in. So what can you do? What are areas that need reconciliation bringing together at this time? If it's a husband and wife and you're sitting at the same table together, you might want to wait. (laughs) Have that conversation afterwards, okay? But have a conversation with each other. Just a few minutes and think, share what came to mind when this idea of reconciliation came up. Did anything. So you guys have a bookmark there with the journals. And listed on the bookmark are the things that we are going to be talking about this morning. And on there is reconciliation. And the idea here is that start journaling this week about how you've alerted people with what you've said or what you've done about the reconciling aspect of God's reign. Right? How have you helped in that process? At work, again, settling a dispute between colleagues, uh, colleagues, a family member that's estranged, and you reached out, made the phone call. Journal that down that you did this. And we're going to talk more about why journaling is an important part. But that journal there is for you to write down how these things took place this week. In one way or another, and it's not might not be all of these things, but did some event happen? And it could be just a simple conversation. I told you know my brother that he should give mom a call. It could be as simple as that, right? Sandra talked about well, I just gave you know her the gas can, but then I thought I should have done more. Things will happen as it develops, but write that down. The second thing that we're going to talk about in bringing about the reign of Christ is justice, right? In Luke chapter 4, Jesus' first introduction into ministry, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's quoting from Isaiah because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He went on and he said, today, this day, this is fulfilled in your hearing. He fulfilled this scripture with who he was. When we talk about justice, This seems like a a no-brainer, but we have to be reminded that this was central to Jesus' ministry, and it should be central to our lives. 
when we make people aware of those who are being marginalized, when we try to bridge the gap into people's lives to help justice take place. If you know a situation where someone was mistreated and you are aware of that and you want to move to see justice take place in that city, in that situation, in that country, right? Michael and Denise just came back from Haiti working with the schools there. That's a sense of justice trying to help out. In August, we're going to go to Buena Vida Orphanage on a Saturday. We want to bring some hope to these children who have been abandoned by their parents. We want to bring a sense of justice to make sure that they're cared for. And this is another way that we, again, help people see What is the reign of God through Christ? Because this is what Christ was about. And so again, at our tables, what is an area of injustice that bothers you? When I think of injustice, what is it that comes to mind that sets my heart astir? Take a couple of minutes and just talk about it. It might just be a sentence. You don't have to give a whole long of how you're going to resolve this injustice but maybe something that stands out to you, a social injustice, an injustice in the family. What is something when you think of an injustice that bothers you? Go ahead, take a couple minutes and talk about it. So I'd like to hear some of the things taking place at the tables. Let me start with you guys over here. (laughs) What are some of the things, injustices that stood out to you guys? this table that came out in conversation. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> Anything stand out? So educational injustice because of the level of income that's there and what they're getting. Okay. Did you guys find that there was emotion that started developing in this? Right? It's like injustice, something starts Getting there, I could kind of sense those things. Okay. How about this table? Anything stood out? Hmm. Okay. What about you guys here? Justin, Kurt, Sandra, anyone? Political injustice. Let's, we can start there. Right? There's political injustice, definitely. What about this table? Hmm profiting off of those who are in the situation. What about this table? Right. And then you try one medication and you have to wait a month to see if it's going to be effective and then you have to go back. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. This table. I mean, we've mentioned the educational system. We've mentioned medical system. uh, We mentioned political system. Uh, the judicial and court systems, right? All these areas have injustices, right? How many people are in prison because it brings money into those revenues in different ways, right? All these areas have injustices. There's not a a blanket statement that's going to cover or satisfy everybody. But in each of these areas, we can find injustice that should cause us to get upset because God is about justice. And so whatever area we've mentioned here, 
there's a place where justice can step in to these arenas. And that's what's prompting these conversations, this table over here. So finding a way to show mercy to those who need it and to help those who are in need and to do it in a way that is going to be healthy for everyone involved. So let's, I'm going to steer here to try and get to what I think has to happen in all these arenas, right? There is not a Band-Aid that's going to fix homelessness, the immigration problem, the problems with, uh, you know, our um, military or medical systems or educational systems. There's not a simple fix for any of these things. It takes advocates, the people who are going to be involved and show concern for the people who are being shown the injustice, someone to go in there and be their voice because they don't have a voice. In the area with homeless, when we worked with the city and with the police department, right, we're trying to get people off the streets, into homes, and not giving them the ability to stay where they are, right? And so then there's that difficulty. Like even you, you know, it's like I don't like to give money, but I want to Right, And so what usually has to do with the people that I've been involved with, I have to spend time with them. I have to take them to the court to get those old tickets fixed. And that takes a day. And that's a day off of my work that I have to go and sit with them at a courtroom and go there so that they can get those things cleared up so that they can get inside that rehab house or whatever. And that's what it takes. You see, if I care about the injustice, then I have to take that day off work, which is coming out of my pocket now, is making my life more difficult. But you see, injustice does that. I care so much that I'm willing to count that cost, to step in and do the extra time, make the extra effort to help this person, this situation become better. It's not going to become better complaining about it. Right? We have a new term called slacktivism, right? Where people complain online. I know you've never seen that, but I know it happens, right? And that's all they do is they complain online. I hate the country. I hate the world. I hate everything about these things. And what are you doing to make it better? Nothing. Then shut up. Step into the lives of the people who you have a heart for and help. See, this is missional living. This is helping us to step into these things. We're going to have to move on because we're going slow. Beauty. I love this one. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. There is something about beauty that causes us to change. One of my boys has struggled with PTSD, and we'd go pick him up from school. And when we'd pick him up, he was like a bear. He was just, and he'd be driving him home, and he'd just be angry. And then we found that when we brought my daughter's little dog, little Yorkie, and we'd put it on his lap on the ride home, he was a different person. 
He was all, hey, honey. And he's like panting and is like, bring the dog, right? When we go for a ride, bring the dog. People who are going through rehab, finding a place where they can have and see beauty affects them. When I was fired and didn't have a job and was wondering how we were going to make ends meet, we were up in Napa and I remember driving the Silverado Trail and seeing all these beautiful vineyards and I just had this overwhelming sense that it's okay. There can't be this much beauty and there not be purpose. It's going to be Okay, and a little thing can go a long way. It could be a song that you hear. It doesn't even have to be a Christian song, right? You just hear a song, and all of a sudden, man, tears are coming into your eyes, and you're like, oh, man, what's happening to me, you know? You just start moved by the music, moved by the situation, moved by a circumstance. You see something beautiful, see someone treat someone nice, and it affects you. Because it's beautiful. Our God is beautiful. And beauty is one of the ways that God shows up. C.S. Lewis wrote, For the beasts can't appreciate it, beauty. And angels are, I suppose, pure intelligences. They understand colors and tastes better than our greatest scientists, but they have no retinas or palates. I fancy the beauties of nature are a secret God has shared with us alone. They may be one of the reasons why we were made. So that we could enjoy beauty. So then, if beauty is an expression of God's reign, we need to think about ways to invite our friends, our family to encounter it. We need to make something beautiful. We need to create that. Take them for a walk. Take them out to the beach. Invite them to a situation that is going to be beautiful so that they can encounter the presence of God there in that beauty. Why are there so many colors? Why are there so many different flavors of meat? Right? It's beautiful. (laughs) There's beef and there's pork and they're different. I'm still thinking about the barbecue yesterday. Why does the sound of ocean affect me the way it does? Why does it have this calming effect? And instead of just enjoying beauty, let's commit to creating it with music, with art, with craft, with food, with inviting others to join. Let's create beautiful situations. Have you ever just had a beautiful evening with friends? Where it's like, this was just nice. It was a beautiful scene. It was beautiful food, beautiful conversation. It was a beautiful time. Well, let's create that. What is a way that you can create beauty and share it with others? I'm not going to have you break up and talk about it. I want you to think about this. What can you do to create beauty with others? If you're a cook, you can create beauty. I remember I was way down in Vizcaino, Mexico, which is really the middle of Baja where there's just trucks that drive by. There's a lot of camps because there's a lot of farming villages there, but it's pretty much desolate. It's dry, it's desolate, it's hot. And there was a guy there who was from Napa, and he was a chef. And we were at someone's house, and he put together cinnamon rolls. And oh my goodness, they were beautiful. 
okay? And I just said, I don't care what anyone else does. What you're doing is beautiful, right? <laughs> I, I don't care about what the pastor says. <laughs> I want to sit next to you because what you're doing is beautiful. What are ways that you can share and create beauty so that it can be shared with others? Because beauty is an expression of God's reign. And so let's create that to help people enjoy. And again, the whole point is they get to see a little bit more of who God is by the way we're acting. Okay? The last one is wholeness. In Luke, John, in Luke 7, John the Baptist sent his disciples while John was in prison to ask Jesus, are you the Christ or should we look for another? And Jesus' response was, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. This is Jesus fulfilling what we just read about him earlier that he quoted from Isaiah. This is Jesus saying, this is what I am doing Yeah, I'm answering your question not by saying a yes or no, but by showing you the evidence in the things that I'm doing. And it's important that we recognize that all these things that he's doing, he healed the blind, the lame, the lepers, the deaf. He even raised the dead as evidence of God's kingdom coming. It would seem that wholeness, the healing of broken people, is an important evidence of that reign, right? The testimonies, right? Ben, your testimony is an evidence of God's reign. All of us who have that testimony of, you know, this is where my life was broken in these ways and look what God has done. It is evidence of God's reign in this world. And so wholeness is an important thing that we understand and recognize. And I think it's important that we see there are so many areas where wholeness is needed. There's counselors, There's doctors, there's nurses. I read this meme once and it said, I'm an ex-convict, I have AIDS, I'm a prostitute, I'm poor, I'm old, I'm a lesbian, I aborted my baby, I'm a teenage mom, I'm a victim of gang rape, I'm a drug user, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a beggar, I have cancer, I have a contagious disease. But the nurse said, I'll take care of you. Right? That looks a lot like Jesus person who's showing concern and care. I used to think that the highest calling was to be a pastor. I had it in my mind. You need to be a pastor. That's the highest calling. Then I became one and I met others and I said, no, there's got to be more than this. And I see someone who's a nurse. I see someone who's a teacher. I see someone who's a counselor. I see someone who actually helps people to be whole. And I say, that's it. Wherever that is, that's it. Because that's him. And you see, all these things are helping us to be more like him so that the evidence of Christ in our life is seen, that we are able to point people to the reign of God. God is not far. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it starts here in me. It starts there in you. It shows up in our lives And people are able to then take hold of it. It becomes tangible. It becomes allure into the beauty 
of who God is. When we provide help to victims, whether it be refugees or people of natural disasters, we are showing what the reign of God looks like. I remember after Hurricane Katrina, I went to Bay St. Louis with the group and we set up a tent and we started feeding the people whose whole communities wiped out there were just slabs where there used to be home because the water came and just took them there were no birds because the salt water went up so high that the birds had all left and so it was just deafeningly silent and we set up a camp and we started feeding these people and they did it for over months and we'd get together and we'd pray and here was a community that before this time was very segregated very blacks here, whites here, and we get together and pray. We all got in a circle and we all held hands and they all sat together and they all talked together because they all lost together and they were all being cared for together and they were all grateful together. And it was a wonderful thing to see what just helping people did to these things that once were problems. And so wholeness is a way to be able to bring about the kingdom of God and its evidence in the things that we do. When we are involved with any type of restoration, we need to write about it for our sakes. We need to journal it because it will help us to see maybe the areas that we are interested in, the areas of how we've done something and what's happening. And so you can write about some of the ways that you might bring wholeness to someone or to the situation. I want to briefly talk about why it is important to journal, and I'm just going to kind of push through this. You know, if you are a student of anything, you're better when you take notes, unless you have a fantastic memory, but even that form is taking notes. How many of you have a Fitbit or a watch that monitors your steps and those kinds of things? That's a form of journaling, right? It's journaling your progress. <laughs> and mine says, I've got a long way to go, right? It's journaling those things. It's, it's giving an account of what's happening. Journaling helps us to give an account. You're able to then look at those things later on and be able to kind of press into them. It was funny. I have like four different journals and I'm not a affluent journaler, but I went back and I started looking at some things that I had written years ago. And I had written about a trip that I had taken to Wales and some insight. I had sometimes written, Ben, when we were meeting and having Starbucks about nine years ago. And you were there and it was saying, pray for Ben and him selling his truck. You had a truck that you needed to sell back then. I know, I don't remember, but it was there. It was in, see, we would not have known about that truck. It had it been for my journal. It is a document that... It helps us to remember those things. It helps us to process what we're going through. When we write those things down and we go back and we look at them, we're able to think about them maybe from a different vantage point, be able to step back and say, okay, what was going on there? Have you ever written an email and sent it and wished you didn't? Journaling helps us not to send it, right? I'm going to journal it, and I'm going to say, oh, man, blah, 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 blah. And then you step out, and you look at it. Ooh, man, okay, it's a good I didn't say that to them in person. I got that off my chest. I can process things a little bit different. It keeps a record of our insights, the things that stand out to you, the things that have meaning to you. You write them down, and then they start to 
grow. They start to take root and they start to develop even more. Also, ask questions. Remember, we did a whole series on questions. I believe questions are the way we learn. And asking questions like, God, was that you speaking to me in that situation? God, what should I do about this circumstance? I see this situation going on and I want to bring reconciliation. How can I bring reconciliation in our country when it is so divided? How do we bring about these things? Asking questions helps us to be able to go over them again and go in a little bit deeper. Identifying ourselves differently. Seeing ourselves written on paper helps us to think about ourselves different because we're busy. I don't usually think about myself. I'm just doing things. I don't have time to to process all these things over and over again. But if I journal something down, I'm able to actually look at it a little bit differently. Also be honest. My best writing and journaling has been when I'm brutally honest with what I'm feeling, when I don't understand. God, are my screams prayers to you? Is my cursing my way of talking when I don't have anything else to say because of the hurt, because of the anger. God, can you take all this that is happening in me and make something good of it? And he can. And if I'm just going to write down things that I want to look nice, I might never get to the root of what's happening. In one of my journals, the very first page, I wrote the wrong date and the wrong year. And I said, I just wanted to get it out of the way that this is going to be a mess. That's what I said. And because that's what it is for me. All these things are helping us to demonstrate Christ to the world around us. And journaling is important because it helps us to develop a habit and it holds us accountable to that habit. We're going to talk about that more next week, but these are the habits that we're trying to establish, right? Be blessed three people this week, at least one of whom does not a member of the church. E eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of your church. L is spend at least one period, it's learn, spend at least one period of the week, or listen, listening for the Spirit's voice. Another L, spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. And then S, sent, journal throughout the week all the ways you alerted others to the universal reign of God. Again, spells, I didn't put it in the right order there, but that's what it is. These are habits that we're to create. Now, what we are going to be doing later on in September 16th, we are going to have kind of like we had a love feast. We're going to have a a refresher bells course, uh, communion, and a time where we have a potluck together at the building just to be a reminder. And we want to do this quarterly. We want to keep getting together and reminding each other, encouraging each other to love and to good deeds. How can we make habits that affect and change the world we live in? Because I do not 
want to be a pastor of a church where people come and I talk to them. I do not want to talk to you guys. I want to be a part of the movement that Jesus began. He started a revolution and it is not stopped and I want to be a part of it. And I want to develop habits that engage my life and our life in the work of God so that the love of God can be seen in us, so that it can be felt in us so that people can see our lives and glorify our father in heaven why because we're so good no we're just learning we're just listening we're just trying to be like jesus and it's amazing how a little bit goes a long long way in a world that's hurting So let's start writing these things down. That journal there, it's for you. It's an investment into you so that you will take seriously these habits and put them into practice in your life. Let's pray. God, we come here because we want to change. At least I do, and I I believe most of us do. We come here because we know we need to change. We know we need to learn. We know we need to hear your voice. We we know that we need to make changes in our lives that would help us walk closer to you. And so, Father, I pray that that has happened this morning. I, I pray that, Lord, we have heard you speak into our lives about things that need to change, maybe in areas of reconciliation or or justice or beauty or wholeness, any of the things that we've spoken where maybe you have planted a seed of what we need to do so that we can make a difference. And so, Lord, I I pray that this is the beginning uh, of growth in each of us. I pray, Lord, that we would invite more growth. And and growth is hard, God. I, I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like growing pains. I do like being comfortable. God, truth be told, I'm lazy. And I need your work in me to provoke me. Lord, I read in one of my journals this morning that to do the impossible, we need superhuman strength. God, I cannot do this by myself. Lord, may I lean heavily into you and allow you to mold and shape me into the image of Christ that I can be the light to this world a city on a hill that can't be hid. Lord, the people would see our good deeds and know there is a God in heaven who is at work here on earth because it's seen in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. May you be so aware of the universal reign of God in Christ that it shows up in your life. May reconciliation, justice, beauty, and wholeness be a common theme that runs through the things that you do. 
And may people see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's why we are here. You are the light of the world. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.